I want to just, uh, you know, rehearse with you just the foundations uh, of this teaching. The Bible tells us four times. How many times? Four. Four times in Scripture the just shall live by faith. This is the prescribed way that we live. That's how we do what we do, not just in church or ministry or religion, but it's how we live our lives. And then Paul said that we walk by faith and not by sight. Now this tells us whatever we know, it's important to understand how to walk by faith and not by sight. So we've learned that involves several different concepts. One is hearing. Everybody say hearing. hearing. But it's not enough to hear what God is saying. We have to believe what He says. Amen. And believing is a decision. There are people walking around the planet, even in the church, that think, well, believing is mystical, it's magical. No, it's not. It's just a decision. I heard something from God, and I've chosen to believe that. But believing is not enough. You also have to say what God says about a matter, whether it's confessing your sin or a promise or what He says about prophecy or what He says about some, you know, some principle of direction in your life. You need to say the same thing that God says. That's what the word confession actually means. And uh, you and I got saved that way. Amen. We believed in our heart, but then we said with our mouth, we did what the Word said. And the Bible says confession was made unto salvation, or salvation was made from that confession. Who made that up? That's God's pathway. Yeah. Our job is to just correspond to whatever His pathway is. And the good news is no matter what it is you're believing for, it's the same pathway. Faith in your heart, based on what did God say in His Word, and faith coming out of your mouth. Faith, you know, confession is made unto salvation. I love what Keith Moore said about this. You know, you and I got saved that way. We went from, from darkness to light, from death to life, from defeat to victory, from hell to heaven by believing in our heart and saying with our mouth. Amen. And this is what he said. And we were stone cold ignorant when we did that. Imagine what you can do now with some revelation. You understand what I'm saying to you? That's how this whole thing started. Why would we want to go to something else? Why would we want to do something besides walk by faith if that's how our eternity was transformed? That's the good news for you and for me. So the problem is you don't live this in a vacuum. And if you were under the assumption or you heard some wacko say that if you'll, you'll be a faith person, you'll never have any problems, you'll never have any trouble, you never have any challenges, you never have any setbacks, that's not, just, that's not only inaccurate, that's not living in the real world. There's a man in Atlanta years ago, he got so much faith, he decided that he had enough faith that he would never die. What's the problem with that statement? The problem is that the Bible says it's appointed to man to die once then the judgment. His faith, quote unquote, was not based on the word of God. But I'll tell you what you can do with faith. You can lengthen your life with faith. But unless Jesus raptures you out, you're going to go by the way of the grave one day. Say it with me, live long and live strong. But the dude in Atlanta was not based on what he said on faith because it wasn't based on the Word of God. Shout this out. No Word, no faith. You just can't make things up. Now, the Bible doesn't say that we're going to live in a bubble if we cross over into the faith zone. In fact, what the Bible does say is you become a greater target with your faith. It's not about will you hear some bad things. The question is what are you going to do with those you and I have been given the ability to overcome everything the evil one throws at you. Everything this world throws at you. Everything that the evil one has assigned towards your destruction, your confusion, your depression. You know, you're, you're somehow being deceived. Everything that's thrown at you, greater is he. Come on, say, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. John said this in chapter 16, verse 33. Uh, this is Jesus speaking about the concept of trouble. I've told you these things that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And because he's overcome, guess what? We can too. And what did John say later on? This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. So when you put the concepts together and you measure Scripture against Scripture, you find out that the way that you overcome things that are thrown at you is by faith. faith. Say it with me. Just by faith. Just That's the key. I want to encourage you today that uh, it's important for you to begin consistently hearing and believing and saying and doing. Say that with me. Hearing, hearing. and believing hearing. and saying and doing. But you need to continue in these things. 
The only way that you're going to deal with things that come to you as bad reports is if you are actually continuing in what God has said in His Word. In other words, you can't just do this because I'm preaching the series. You got to do this when you're not here. You got to do this at home. You got to do this on the job. You got to do this when you're walking to Walmart. Amen. If you don't believe you're in a mission field in America, just go to Walmart. Hit one of the $5,000 stores in our area. Just, yeah, amen. You need to know how to continue more than ever. 2 Timothy says this in chapter 3, verse 14, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. What do you see in the body of Christ right now? A lot of people not continuing. They got hot. They got intense. And instead of staying with the Word of God and staying with faith, they abdicate the high place God has given to them because of the pressure associated with living by faith. But he's saying to you, hey, Timothy, I don't care how hot it gets. You continue to stay in the things you learned that become convinced of because you've known them, uh, because you know, you, you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Stay in faith, Timothy, because that's how you tap every dimension and aspect of your salvation. How do you want to walk in everything he died to give you? I remind you that when Jesus went to the cross, he went to the cross, body, soul, and spirit. That means there is no part of your human existence that was left out of the redemption, not one. He cares about all of you. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Acts 2.42, the Bible says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and of prayer. Notice what's listed there. They, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching. It's what we need to do. It's great. Okay, I don't. Tyler knows exactly how many messages we've had on return to faith. He can tell you. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't label them. I can tell you this: you've had a lot of teaching. Amen. Say it with me. I've had a lot of teaching. Even if you've only been in the harbor for a little while, you've had enough teaching on faith to live the rest of your life in victory. Yes. If you'll continue, that is a decision that everybody has to make. Say, well, if everything goes my way and everything's perfect, then I'll continue to walk by faith. I promise you that you're going to face obstacles, but you've been given the tools to overcome those. <laughs> and if you'll, if you'll stay in there, there's nothing, nothing that you'll face that can steal the faith, the heart of God from your heart, the Word of God from your heart. If you make up your mind, I'm going to live this out. Yes. Say it with me, I'm going to continue, going to continue. in faith. Colossians 1.22 says, But now He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. What was the contingency here? If you, Timothy, if you, people of God, if you stay in, you Colossians, if you stay in faith, that's where your victory is going to lie. Jesus said it like this in John 8. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you're truly my disciples if, what? If you remain in my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We like to skip to the part that says we'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. But you can't get there until first you believe on Jesus. Then you continue in his word. That makes you a disciple. Then that gives you revelation and that's how you walk free. We just can't jump to, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Because if you're not continuing in the Word, you're not going to know the truth, and you're not going to walk in much freedom. Over in Hebrews 10.30 from the CSB, B, But we are not those who draw back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and obtain life. I'm telling you, the devil's doing everything he can in the day that we're in to get people to draw away, to shrink back. And the Bible says here, we're not of those that shrink back to perdition or destruction. Can I tell you what happens when you shrink back? Destruction. Yep. I've been in this long enough to see how anybody that shrinks back on the things of God walks back the walk of faith, nothing but destruction happens. 
And the funny thing is, oftentimes they go down that path because they're bitter and upset about something. And then when destruction comes, they blame that on God too. Yes. You know what the Bible says? A man's own folly ruins his life and then his heart rages against the Lord. Yes. You can skip all that by staying in faith. Amen. Can I assure you this? God never has been nor really ever be your problem. He's for you. 100% in your corner. I want you to look over with me at Mark 4 for a moment. And I want you to see what the devil uses to get people out of the Word and let go of their faith. When you get to Mark 4 with a big, loud shout, say, Jesus is Lord. This is in verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him were so large that he got into a boat and sat in and out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil that sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. When the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Say that it would be no root. No other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Now he teaches this parable, but then he gets along with his 12. And this is where he begins to explain the things that he taught. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. That they may be seen, but never perceiving, and never hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Say this to me. The secret of the kingdom of God. It's very simple here and in context. It is seed time and it is harvest. It is sowing the word in the human heart and seeing it produce life and victory inside of you. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand the parable? Then how will you understand any parable? Not only does this tell you plainly how the kingdom of God works, it also tells you if you don't get this, you're going to have a hard time getting other revelation. Amen. Let me say it again. If you don't get this, it's going to stop you from understanding other key principles. Why? Because they all operate the same way, through the seed of the Word of God. Now, these aren't our words. These are the words that Jesus said. I'm going to go with what Jesus said. Look at somebody and say, go with what Jesus said. I don't care what you hear, what you're exposed to. I don't care what this theologian says or that pastor says or this preacher says or that Sunday school teacher says. Go with what the Lord says. He reads on, and uh, the farmer sows the word. He comes out emphatically, tells you what the seed is. Say the seed, the seed is the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Everybody say, sown in them. So did the word go forth? The word went forth, didn't it? But did it take any root and have any produce? Did it have any fruit to it? Why? Because immediately there was an, a presence there, an influence there to steal the word. The first way the enemy gets you out of faith is to steal the word. Do you know that Satan is more faithful to church than most of us? Every time he's here. Right now, even as the word is going forth that could change your life, he's present to try to stop you from receiving that and to steal it just like a bird along the path. I saw a meme of a squirrel on a window like this the other day. And it said this. It said, the bird told me to tell you that the bird feeder was empty. <laughs> I thought, I know squirrels just like that. <laughs> I have some of the sneakiest varmints you've ever seen live out by us. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's kind of the way it is. He's just looking for the seed to kind of bounce off your heart and 
fall to the ground and not bear any fruit. He is there to take it from you. He's actively there. He'll use things like your experiences, say my experiences. He'll use things like your tradition, say tradition. He'll use things like religion. He'll use things like your mental state when you come in here. He'll use an empty belly. Do you know that more revelation has been lost by future pot roasts than any other attack of the enemy? You, people just, that's it. I can't focus because my, my stomach's growling. Or somebody's tired and sleepy and worn. All kinds of ways. But you've got to make up your mind that when the word of God is going forth, the devil's not going to steal the word that God is trying to plant into your heart. Say it with me. Not here, devil. Don't be the devil's tool when it comes to situations like that. Make sure you're focused. I get asked all the time, you know, pastor, baby crying, doors slamming, people kicking over those metal containers, and you just preach on. I'm used to it. Been doing this a while. Amen. I had Gloria Copeland one time preached through a tornado, ripped the back elephant door off the convention center, and she just kept preaching. I mean, raindrops falling on her Bible. She just kept preaching. She didn't leave the platform until the owners and managers of the building said, we got to get you guys out of here. We are concerned about a liability. Say it with me. I am able to focus on what God is saying. You see, it's, it's all over. And there are people all over the body of Christ every week. They sit in church and thank God they're there. But nothing really changes decade after decade after decade because the seed is not getting into the heart, which means it can't germinate, which means it can't produce a crop 30, 60, and 100-fold. Now, I have, through the years, developed the ability just to do whatever. I'm called to do it. I'm trusting God to do it. And a little bit of noise and distraction is not going to bother me. But I am at a place where a lot of babies in the Lord are not. And what you want to do is help facilitate people receiving, not be someone who's interfering with that. So if you really don't need to get up and go to the John, don't. If you do, by all means, go with pastor's blessing. I mean, go in the toilet, not, yes, amen. But, you know, there, there, there are people that, that, that move and, and get up and disrupt and make noise and has nothing to do. You know, you could hold on for an hour and 15 minutes. Because you never know when the person near you is needing that life-giving word that day. Everything could hinge on that. So what we want to do is not just be mindful ourselves to receive and be in a receiving mode where the devil's not stealing. But don't let the devil use us to steal the word from somebody else. Amen. Amen. Look at somebody and say, that's good preaching. Praise the Lord. Tell them I told you not to get up last week. Praise God. If you have an issue where you need to go, I want you to go. You understand? But be mindful of these things. When people are trying to receive what can happen, if you get into a mode where I just, it doesn't matter to me. It's just like, I mean, this is not a theater or a football game. You go to a baseball game, they're up, they're down, they're up, they're down, they're up, they're down. Here come the you know, people selling stuff, you know. Here, beer man, here, cold beer. Actually, I just came to watch the game, okay? <laughs> there are people that have the same mentality in terms of the body of Christ. Glory to God. Say the theft of the word. Go back to the scripture, Mark 4. Others like seeds sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. Everybody say a short time. When, watch this, when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. What happens? They got into faith. They heard the word. They had great joy in its potential to change their life, but it attracted trouble and difficulty and persecution. This young man the other day, I don't know where he was at, but he was basically on a megaphone just reading the scriptures from the Bible. Some liberal wacko took the Bible out of his hand and literally ripped page by page, shredded the Bible right there in America. As people in authority did nothing about that situation. That's what you call persecution for righteousness sake. And I'm telling you, it's on the rise in this country. If you thought you were marked before, just hang around a few years. 
You're marked now. And if a little trouble or persecution or name calling is going to take you out of your walk with God, you need to make up your mind right now that I don't care what people think. Come on, say it. I'm not moved by what, I, what they say. I'm not moved by how they feel. I'm moved by the Word of God. And it shouldn't be that way. I mean, this nation was dedicated. The Lord was covenanted before the Lord. And I believe that, that God's best days for this nation are ahead of it. At the same time, I'm telling you that the vitriol and the attacks are getting, getting worse and worse and worse. And things where we used to see in places like, you know, India and places like Africa, you're seeing where? Right here. But that's not just the persecution part, the trouble of it. Say this with me. My faith, like a magnet, attracts trouble. Say it one more time. My faith, like a magnet, attracts trouble. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You just spent five months telling us how to return to faith. And now you're telling me that that faith is going to cause me trouble. You're right. You're welcome. <laughs> yes, but it also produces all kinds of wonderful things in your life. And the way you overcome that is by maintaining, not wilting under pressure. And what the Bible says here is these folks go through trouble and difficulty. It doesn't happen as fast as they think it should. They believe for something. It looks like it's not going to happen. You know, they get put out. They, they hung on for a whole year or six months and it didn't happen. And they literally get offended. And they throw down their faith. They throw down their word. What happens if you throw the word down? You're never going to see the hand of God move in your life in that area. And they get offended. The first group is the words being stolen from their hearts. The second group is they're getting offended because of the trouble that the word actually brought to them and they only endure for a short time. And I've seen people do this. They get offended over the word, you know, and, and added to that is God help you if you're actually being blessed while they're not receiving. Because to that will add insecurity and jealousy and their wrath. Who were they? I'm telling you, the word works. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He's no respecter of persons. What he's done for one in this building, he'll do for another. There's one little baby that was born in this church and had a hole in its heart. And God supernaturally closed the, the heart before the doctor could ever get his hands on that baby's heart. There's another individual that was diagnosed with, with cancer. Unbeknownst to anybody, it actually resided in the pancreas. And my wife was praying over this individual one day. None of us knew about the secondary diagnosis that was given. And how many understand pancreatic cancer to this day is devastating? With hands laid on this person, the Holy Ghost began to lead that prayer and said, I bind that and I rebuke that cancer of the pancreas in Jesus' name. She was stunned because nobody knew about it. They came back a few weeks later and the doctor said the cancer of the pancreas is gone. It's gone. Come on, say it. That's my God. Come on, say it. That's my God. So what people will do is they'll throw this down and then they'll pick up another emphasis. You know, all of a sudden they're, they're the love Christians. Of course, they don't express it when they're dealing with people or criticizing them, but they're the love Christians. Or they're over here into this camp or into that camp. Or they're now going to be a, a Jewish expert and a Hebrew expert. Or they're going to keep all the festivals and the feasts. Fine. But do never get away from the command, the just shall live by faith. Looking for something, longing for something, the devil's laughing because you found it and persecution and trouble cause you to throw it down. Come on, say it, I'm not going to wilt. Say it, I'm not going to wilt. I'm telling you, God is faithful. I'm telling you, he's a restorer. I'm telling you, he has good things for you. But the way those things come into your life, of course, are operations of grace, and you tap that grace, Romans 5, 2, by faith. Which you've been taught to walk in, but now you must continue in. Well, what if I don't see anything for six months? Continue. What if I don't see anything for five years? Continue. We've been waiting for Jesus for 2,000 years. Continue. But anyone that says God's word doesn't work and it won't work for you is a liar. And the one that says Jesus isn't coming back is a liar. It does work. Jerry Savelle had a series of two strokes 
one minor, one major. And the doctor looked at his family and said, he'll never preach again. He'll never talk again. He'll never travel again. His ministry is over. He's been in this pulpit preaching the uncompromised word of God to this church. And uh, he finally got, they finally let him go. He stabilized on him. He said, if I could just get home, basically, all I could do is say, yes. I remember, Bill, when I first talked to you after you had a stroke, all you could say was, yes, yes, that was the word. This is what he said, yes to everything. So his grandson, who wanted a particular car, a classic car that he had, hey, uh, hey, Grandpa, because he, he was now knowledgeable that everything you asked Grandpa, he said, yes. So he said, Grandpa, can I have that car? And out of his mouth said, no. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> But he had the you know, lifelong collection of, of cars and, and, you know, motorcycles. Many of those motorcycles given to him. Some of the people you know that preached here have given him those things. And he, he said, I just want to get out to the shop. So his granddaughter actually had to take the key and open up the garage room because he couldn't do it. And he went to every single one of these machines. He got on top of the, the machine, the you know, motorcycle started. He got inside the car and he had every one of these. He was starting every one of these vehicles. You know, by the time he got done, he took the keys from his granddaughter and locked it up. He was 100% whole and sound. That's your God. Come on, say, that's my God. Come on, say it again. That's my God. All things are possible to him that believes. But sometimes you get weary. And you think that somehow waiting or delay is evidence of having faith or not having faith or going to see the victory or not. You need to continue in these things. Yes. Say, I continue. Because I'm telling you that when you're a faith person, contrary to some teaching, you got a big old target on your back. Amen. Your choice is to quit or continue. Say, I'm going to continue. What happens is they get offended from trouble. Go back to the scripture. Let's look at the next kind of soil. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it what? Unfruitful. Is there anything wrong with the word? No. No. It gets choked out. This person has managed to stop the devil from stealing the word out of their heart. Everybody say a good amen. amen. That's good. Then they had persecution and trouble, but that didn't stop them as well. They overcame that challenge. Now here comes the weeds now trying to grow up in that heart next to that holy word of God that would produce a crop. And he labels them worries, deceitfulness of riches, and desires for other things. Say it with me, worries. We know that worry is a manifestation of fear. So here you are, you're believing God. You hear Him, believing, you're saying, and you're doing, and at the same time, you're worrying. What are you doing? You're choking out the seed that would produce for you. Look at somebody and tell them, worrying is not correct. It is not of God. In fact, when you, when you exercise yourself to a certain extent in the things of God, faith will bring you to a place of rest. Amen. Everybody say rest. rest. We labor to enter into what? The rest of God. We don't labor to please Him. We don't labor because we're going to somehow get a seal of approval. We labor to enter into that rest. And you know you're in faith when you're at rest. If you're still worrying, you're not in faith then it will choke out that seed that God wants to produce something good in your life with. Everybody say, don't worry. Don't worry. Come on, say it. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry. It's hard to be happy and worry. Amen. Glory to God. What else? How, how else can I tell if I'm actually in faith right now? You're going to have joy. The joy of the Lord is what? Is your strength. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. rejoice. You can tell somebody's actually hearing, believing, saying, and doing, and staying in faith and continuing because there's a joy in them. 
You say, well, they got joy because they received everything. It's an amazing thing, but you can be in a place where you've received nothing and be filled with joy. Why? Because the word is real to you. God said it and you believe it and that's good enough for you. The joy is in the integrity of your God. So I'm going to be at rest, but I'm also going to be what? In joy. Everybody take a deep breath and smile as big as you can. And some of you are looking at me like. <laughs> Say it with me, joy. joy. When you're continuing in faith, you're going to have the fruit like joy Amen. and a spring in your step and a twinkle in your eye. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Why? Because you're in faith. You're working on something. The Bible tells us even of Jesus' return, he that has this hope in himself purifieth himself even as he is pure. You know what I found out? People that are looking for the Lord's return are joyful. Amen. 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 What else? These are people that are at great peace. They're people of great joy. They're also people of great love. People that are really walking by faith are people of love. Say it with their people of love. How do they treat people? With love and with kindness when they're actually in faith. Now you're going to run into some mean evangelicals, you're running into some mean Pentecostals and some mean faith people, you're running into some mean every kind of denomination. There's no question about that. When you are truly walking by faith, living out these principles, you're going to manifest love. Amen. Somebody treats you dirty, what you going to do? What you going to do? You're going to love them. You are not going to allow this word to be choked out by fears, amen, by, by pleasures and desires. You're not going to be choked out by being deceived by wealth or riches. You're not going to make those things idols in your life. You are not going to allow yourself to lose all the heavenly benefits, you know, of your salvation, amen, for some earthly pleasure. Look at somebody and tell them it's just not worth it. Come on, say, God has so much for me. I don't need it. And when you're walking this way, you're not, you know, you don't have to, you know, have this, this great seed choked out of your life. It can't produce 30, 60, and 100 fold according to the scripture. But one of the things, one of the ways you can tell you're actually walking by faith is if you're in love. Faith works by, by love. Amen. And I don't know what it is about the, the modern, you know, culture today. I don't care if it's, it's, you know, somebody, you know, making some simple post about Jesus. Somebody's got to criticize it. Or, you know, somebody has this kind of a program or writes a book. Somebody's got to criticize it or got to criticize this church or that pastor or this preacher. What is wrong with this culture right now? Are you hearing what I'm saying? If, if my belief system makes me mean and ugly and judgmental and harsh, I'm not in love. There's something wrong with my belief system. There's something wrong with it. It should make me more loving, not less loving. There are sites all over the internet. There are people that are just making targets of men and women of God who've done nothing but serve God. You're never going to find they're perfect anyway. Look at somebody and say, you'd be on their list too. Why is this a big deal? I'm telling you because it shows we're not in faith. There is no gift of criticize the preacher. There is no assignment to. When the disciples tried to do it, Jesus said, leave them alone. If they're not against me, they're for me. But everybody has to think like we do, talk like we do, act like we do. They're somehow nuts. No. It is dangerous ground for all of us. And God is telling us if we're going to be real faith people, we're going to be people that walk in love. Amen. You're going to have peace. You're going to have joy. But you're going to have love. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. There are people out there that I don't have much in common with. I'm not going to put my mouth on their ministry. It's not my call. He called them. He can deal with them. I can pray for people, and I should. Are you here today? Amen. We need to hear this because being faith people should not make us arrogant 
It should make us more humble. Not less loving and kind, but more loving and kind. I think about Joel's ministry. Uh, there's a man who has a couple thousand people in this country, and all he does is systematically call people out from his pulpit as if that was his God-given assignment. When I read Timothy's charge from Paul, it's to preach the word, not preach personalities you don't like. Are you still here? Yes. And he just, he just loves to do this. One of his famous things to do is he'll say, and, and Joel Osteen and Lakewood Church says that Lakewood's not even a church. But you know what the real problem is? The real problem is the 50,000 people at Lakewood versus the 3,000 people that he has. That's the real problem. Covered in doctrinal perfection is really insecurity and jealousy. I wonder what would happen if people just pray for all the people in ministry instead of judging all the people in ministry. What would happen? And the time you spend judging, how how much of that time have you spent winning souls, which is what really matters? (laughs) I had a man come see me over there when we were in the dome area and my offices were over there and he said, uh, what kind of translation do you use? I said, what kind of translation do you use? Well, I'm a King James man. I praise the Lord. Great. It's a great translation. What do you use? Well, I use several different ones. Uh, King James is the only authorized version. It even says so on the cover. King James is the one that Paul used. I got my calculator out so I could do the dates. Pretty sure. If Paul would have used a Greek translation, including even of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, uh, not the King James Version that came out in the 1600s. Paul, first century after death. King James, 16th century. I'm thinking, this is so frivolous. So I just uh, I said, how much time do you, do you spend on this issue of the King James only version thing? Oh, oh, hours a day. Hours a day? And then I said, okay, uh, in all that time, how many souls have you won to Jesus? And he looked at me like I was from another planet. Like, that's why we're here? Is to get people to heaven? No, we're here to pick and defend a certain translation. Or pick apart everybody's preaching. Or get on SpewTube or Facebook and then tell everybody what's wrong about so-and-so. Our job is to just preach the word and love people. Amen. Amen. Say it. Preach the word word. and love people. Love Love is going to mark you that you're actually doing the steps of the principles of hearing and believing and saying and doing. Amen. Show you another principle here. Um, as a pastor, I'm, I'm expected to at times bring instruction and correction. That goes with the territory. But folks that are out there doing this right now, here's the question. Have they ever personally gone to the person that they're criticizing? And the answer to that question is, I doubt it. But the same scripture that they read from says Matthew 18. If you bought with your brother, what do you do? You get on YouTube and tell the whole world what you think. Matthew 18 is an exercise and demonstration in the love principles. This is how it brings restoration to people. Make sure you're aware of this, that you can be, you know, doctrinally pure in your eyes. You can be belief pure in your eyes. You can think you have the greatest set of of beliefs and standards of anybody. But if the love is not there, Amen. So here's the bottom line. Before anybody makes a recording, anybody makes a tape, anybody makes a story, anybody has anything to criticize a minister, they should have gone to them personally and then brought two or three people with them and then brought it to somebody in authority in the body of Christ. But they don't do that. Why? Because they want clicks and views. 
pick on people of faith that they're just doing what they're supposed to do? Hmm. I'm going to say I'm a faith person and I walk in love. Amen? Come on, say, I'm a faith person. I walk in love. Do you know that I, I hear from people in the community, business owners, restaurant owners, and they talk about y'all. What do they say? What do they say? You'll be happy to know that that's some of the most loving bunch I've ever had in this restaurant. Or they're wonderful people. Do you know what one of them did the other day in the store? And on and on. That, that's the way it should be. Yeah. Amen. Come on, say it. Love. love. God loves us. Let's love people. Amen. Glory to God. Kim Kardashian can have a $77 million plane. It all started with a sex tape. And everybody thinks that's fine. But if somebody has a, has a jet as a tool for ministry, oh, dear God, what are they doing? Yeah. Must be robbing people. Keep in mind that a lot of people would have to partner with them to make something like that happen by their own free will. But when Katrina broke out, one of the ministries that we support, the first plane that landed after the sky was opened back up, was a plane filled with medicine and, and, and preventative things for the United States Marine Corps and the National Guard who were going to go in those dirty waters and rescue people. It didn't come from Hollywood, and it didn't come from critics. It came from a man of God who walks by faith and not by sight. And nobody, none of y'all ever heard about it because you wouldn't unless you know the backstory and, and the reports that come out of that ministry. The bottom line is, you and I don't have time to be, you know, correcting everybody and fixing everybody. Look at somebody and say, you're a full-time job all by yourself, darling. Yes, you are. You, you know it's true. How's the devil going to stop us? How is he going to compromise what, he's trying, what God's trying to do in our lives? If he steals the word, or if we get offended over the word, amen, or if we are choking with these things that are marked by worry and wrong affection, amen, and wrong desires. But over and all that, we need to make sure that we are manifesting the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. How many of you here today can say a good amen to that? Amen. There's a fourth kind of soil. Now watch this. The soil represents the human heart. The seed is incorruptible. I'm going to say the seed is incorruptible. It always produces. There's not a dud in that seed bag. That Bible you have, there's not a dud in that seed bag. The issue is not the quality of the seed, it's the condition of the heart. The harvest is determined by the quality of the heart. And if it's hard and doesn't receive the word, or if it springs up but has no root because it takes persecution the wrong way, or if it's choked up by seeds, it doesn't produce. But there's a fourth kind of soil. Look at somebody saying, that's what I want to be. Come on, say, that's what I want to be. This soil, the Bible says, they hear, they receive, and they retain, Luke 8 version, that word. And by doing so, they produce a harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold. Say it, 30, 30 60, 60, and 100 fold. Well, watch this. They hear the word, they receive it, but what's the key? They retain it. Retain it long enough that it can actually produce in a person's heart and life. This works for anybody who will do it. Amen. But you have to last longer than an hour. You can't come to church and be all pumped up and by sundown you're defeated. You're going to have to hang in there a little longer than a half a day. Let's say we 30, 60, and 100 fold. You say, does God still do that? Absolutely. Who said this? Jesus said this. Amen. I want to encourage you today that Knowing what a faith person does, knowing how to walk by faith and not by sight, 
keeping the command, the just shall live by faith. You have to understand how to do that, but you also have to keep doing what you're doing. Amen. Say this with me. In my consistency, In my consistency lies the power. You know, and some people do. They, they hear the message and, and they don't get what they think they should have and so they get put out about it. I remember, you know, Jerry Seville again talking about, he came to Brother Copa one time and he said, look, he goes, I have no problem, you know, believing God to receive healing. In fact, I just seem to have, you know, a lot of faith in this area that I'm receiving from God. He goes, but for the life of me, I can't figure out how to get God to meet my needs. Now this is early on in their association. He had given him these long, big, reel-to-reel tapes. Y'all remember those? Some of you are young enough to remember. Oh, no, you remember those. Some of you are young going, reel-to-reel tape? What is that? Like a big scotch dispenser? What is that? I don't know. <laughs> the thing you get for Christmas for all those presents, a big reel-to-reel scotch tape. <laughs> and this was the man of God's reply. He said, Jerry, God has already done everything he's going to do about your finances. And he just, like that. Well, I guess it's over. Jerry goes home, and he takes those reel-to-reels, and he picks them up, and he starts rolling them down the street. And what happens with the reel-to-reels, they unwind as you go. He picks up another one, and he rolls it down the road, and the Holy Ghost says, there goes your answer right there. <laughs> Start winding back up again. I'm telling you, the answer is in the Word. Don't let your emotions get into it. Amen. Don't let your intellect get in. Don't let your hurt get into it. A lot of people leave the faith lifestyle because they're hurt. They just won't, they won't, they won't say it. It's okay to be hurt from time to time. Just let it rule your life. And don't let it take you out of your faith. Amen. Amen. Say that I'm claiming 30, 60, and 100 fold. I am not the first kind of soil. I'm not the second kind of soil. I'm not the third kind of soil. What kind of soil are you, church? Good and noble, amen, who honors the word, receives the word, and does what? You continue. If you want to produce, you're going to have to do what? You're going to continue. Yeah, but I've been doing this for three months. I tithe two whole weeks. Nothing changed. We appreciate you hanging in there like that. <laughs> May the Lord bless you and keep you. <laughs> Can I see a hand? Somebody, you've been believing something from God for over a year. You believe in God for something? Raise your hand up. Anybody been believing God for something over two years? Three years? Five years? Ten years? Amen? Fifteen years? Twenty years? And you're still believing? What are you, crazy? <laughs> At some point, you should just what? Quit. No. You do not base your faith on your experience. Amen. You do not base your doctrine on experience. You force your experience to line up with what God said. Amen. You keep on believing God. Amen. I don't care how long it takes. Amen. Amen. I had the privilege when I was in school, and we'll wrap this up, but I just want to encourage you not just to know how to walk by faith. That was my assignment the past several months, but to encourage you, continue in it. Amen. Keep doing the hearing and the believing and the saying and the doing, and don't give up no matter what you see. You just stay in there and do what God's called you to do. But um, her name, she was uh, in her 80s when I met her, about my mom's age, and her name was Marjorie Loomis, and... Her husband was a lifelong uh, executive in the FAA. And wherever, wherever uh, you know, and she was actually called to do ministry. In fact, if you go up to Corbin, Kentucky, there's a church there. The Simmons got church that she actually planted. And wherever God would send her, uh, her husband would find a place, a position with the FAA nearby that he could go. And so the, the interesting thing about these two is she's sold out for God and from the time that she got saved, he harassed her and criticized her, did anything but support her, but he would let her do her ministry and, and she would do it and he would find another job at the FAA. And she prayed. I mean, they got married real, real young. We're talking 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s, nothing. 
Looked like the decade of the 80s was going to go by. This is after I actually left Springfield, after I met them, and I found out that before he died, about a year before he died, he came to her and he said, Marjorie, I've watched all these years how I've insulted you and put you down and criticized you. I've watched all these years how you live faithfully. The things you said you were going to do, you did. The way you talked about God, you lived it out. And he said, I want you to lead me to the same Jesus that you served all these years. That man is in heaven because somebody didn't throw their faith down. Thank God. Again, they're both with Jesus now. Thank God that they can have that, that knowledge that, hey, we, we both made it. What I'm saying is she didn't get cantankerous. She didn't get critical. She didn't get bitter. She just kept on praying, believing God, and living the life in front of her. And that's the message for you and for me. Whatever you're believing God for, don't get critical. Don't get belligerent. Don't get bitter. Don't throw your faith down. Just keep on believing. Keep on praying. And one day you'll be standing in your Amen. Your victory. And what if I'm believing God to heal me of a terminal disease and I die? Well, then you just won the lottery. Come on, say it. Heaven is not a booby prize. And if you have a problem with going there too soon, you just better check your heart because it could be just like this and we're out of there. Amen. Beam me up, Scotty. We're gone. Amen. Don't get too attached to this place. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Come on, say it out loud. Devil, Devil. you can't have the word sown in me. In Jesus' name, name. no matter what comes at me, I will not throw the word down. I will not get offended and turn from the word because I got offended. In Jesus' name, I will hold on to the Word of God. I'll weed my garden. I'm going to guard my heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. I'm going to guard my heart for weeds of greed, weeds of materialism, weeds of offense, weeds of wrong desires, weeds of all fear so the Word can grow up and produce a great crop in my life 30, 60, and 100-fold. Can you receive that? Give him a hand clap and thank him for it.